Welcome to Study Gateway's First Listens, where you get first listens to the first sessions on Study Gateway so you can find your next video Bible study. Hi there. I'm your host, Shelley Leith, and before we start, I want everyone to be aware that by just listening to this podcast, you can get a 15% discount on any subscription plan at Study Gateway for the life of your subscription using the code PODCAST15. That code works on any plan, any type, personal, small group, church, monthly plans, annual. Go ahead and write that down, PODCAST15, and thank you for being a podcast listener. So right now, we've got Brant Hansen in the house. Welcome, Brant. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Well, Brent, we are in season five of First Listens, which is all about summer self-care. In this season, we're hearing uh, sessions from Bible studies that offer ideas for us to be kind to ourselves, to attend to our needs, and to find ways to live a better life. And one of the ways we can live a better life is if we're not walking around getting irritated and offended about everything, right? So, Brent, I invited you here to talk about your Bible study called Unoffendable. Now, for those of you who don't know, Brand is an author and a popular syndicated radio show host who has won multiple Personality of the Year awards. I have to be careful how I say that so someone doesn't think you have multiple personalities. I know. I, I, I get a kick out of that because when that bio was first written, I was like, we need to change that, but it's hilarious. So I'll, I'll take whatever. That's better. Okay, so personality I, of the Year. Yeah, there we go. So if you were to introduce yourself to our audience, but you could only talk about who you are and not what you do, what would you say? Yeah. Um, I've been, been married 33 years. I'm now a grandpa, which is awesome. I got two grown kids. Um, I'm quirky. I like to eat toast a lot. Um, and yeah, so that's what I would say. Okay. Tell, tell us a little bit more about the quirkiness. What, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, well, I mean, I play the flute and the accordion, um, and Very I'm cool. way into World War One. Um, and when I say, when I say eat toast, like I've had to back off big time, but I used to eat, not exaggerating, a loaf every morning before 9am, a wow. dry toast. So yeah, the, wow, that's the cool. burns right. deep. Yeah. It's not healthy either. It turns out. So, um, <laughs> but who knew? Apparently, this balanced diet thing is a legit concern. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I discovered your book, Unoffendable, in early 2021, which was at the height of some of the most severe social unrest, COVID backlash, racial tension, vitriolic public dialogue on just about any subject you could name. And I honestly assumed that you had just written that book that year. Huh. as a response to what was going on in our culture right then. But it was back in 2015 that you wrote this book. So were we as offendable back then? And what prompted you to write this book at that time? Well, I think we're more offended now. I think we're more self-righteous than we've ever been. I'm not, I'm not talking about the Christian culture. I'm talking about our culture at yeah. large. Uh, is very, very self-righteous, which I think is interesting. Cause it's like the less grace-oriented, the less people understand about what grace is. We're just kind of running on exhaust fumes of grace now, and now it's all self-righteousness. So I think that makes people more offended. But the problem is, is deeper than just like daily offense. It's anger and what we've not been taught about anger and what I've learned wrong, and I think others have too, about what anger is. And Jesus' way of living 
is so brilliant and it's so freeing, but it's a lot more radical when it comes to anger than maybe what we were taught growing up. And that's Dallas Willard said anger is American Christians biggest problem because they're not taught out of it. Like mm. we're actually taught that our anger is good. In many cases, we should, we ought to be angry and we should stay angry. Well, that that's what this book dives into. It's very counterintuitive. And, uh, but yeah, people have had a problem with anger for a long time. It's been, our, it's been a huge issue because we're not taught out of it. Mm-hmm. And so what, what prompted you to write the book back in 2015? Well, honestly, a few things, but one of them was I myself was struggling. Like I, I know that anger is righteous or can be righteous. I knew that like our own anger is righteous. So how long am I supposed to stay angry? This is an honest mm-hmm. question. And I actually batted around on my radio show and I expected people to call and have biblical insight into how long you're supposed to stay angry with righteous anger. And they didn't. And it's because there's nothing in the Bible about righteous anger for humans. Hmm. Nothing. And it's shocking, but true. It's counterintuitive because we learned that. But actually in the Bible, righteous anger is God's and God's alone. Hmm. His anger is righteous. He's sinless. We're all supposed to forgive people because of what God has done for us. And so we can get angry. It's not a sin for anger to happen. It's It's an emotional response to things. But we're supposed to get rid of it before the end of the day. That means make a commitment. Hmm. to not harboring it. Because if you harbor it, it's going to kill you. It's very unhealthy for us. And um, so that's what prompted me to, to write about it. Originally, it was like my own honest question. Like, how long are we supposed to stay angry? Nobody can answer the question. Because there's, there's plenty to be angry about in the news. There's plenty. There's an unending. Unending. You'll never not be angry if you think you're supposed to be upset about everything. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So a number of years ago, I wrote a book and one of the chapters was on humility, which is quite a daunting topic to write about. And I remember my husband would poke his head in my office periodically and he would say encouraging things like you are writing about humility. (laughs) Was there any dynamic going on for you in, in writing this book where you had to face your own offendability? Well, I say this, I couldn't write it if I didn't believe it and I didn't practice it. This is doable. This is not craziness. This is a way of Jesus way is the way to live. It's the best way. The idea that we should relinquish our right to anger uh, and forgive as we've been forgiven is a better way to live. And I do, I do live this way or else my wife would not put up with this or like my the producer of my show, I've been working with her for 10 years, and she's like, I'd be out of here. So if, if, he were, if this wasn't true, I wouldn't be putting up with this. So that, that it has to be applicable, and I do apply it to my life, and I have grown up as a result of it. Like, it, it forces you into a position of humility because you constantly have to be telling yourself, reminding yourself of your own forgiveness. Hmm. Like, that's, that's the basis for forgiving people. It's not because they deserve it. They don't. And they won't. And most people will never apologize. But if you're waiting for that, you're going to harbor anger and it's going to take a toll on your relationships and your own physiology. Like, so the ability to say, the willingness to say, because of what God's done for me, I'm going to extend forgiveness to others. That means dropping my right to anger. Hmm. That's, that forces you into a place of viewing life humbly. And it's, a, it's really, it's taking up your cross every day. And it's hard, but it's free. It's, it's like uh, one question I got recently was, well, yeah, forgiveness is so hard, though. How can you do this? Like, forgiveness is tough, but it's not as hard as living a life of unforgiveness. That's way harder. Mm-hmm. So, again, Jesus' way of living is freedom. And mm-hmm. uh, 
that's I love being able to talk about that because I, I do practice it. I love that. You know, so you bring up an interesting concept, Dave, uh, which is, I think that forgiveness is, is the positive expression of the term unoffendable. Um, so if I want to become unoffendable, which is a negative expression of this concept, what are some of the positives that need to be present in my life? Well, it's that, okay, it's the daily practicing of the awareness of your own forgiveness. So you wake up and you think in advance, I'm not going to be shocked again by human nature. People will cut me off. People will say things. People will bump into me at Walmart. People will, my boss will say stuff. My boss says my mom is going to do my mom's stuff again because that's who she is. So I, I reconcile myself to the fact that human nature is what it is. I'm not going to be shocked anymore by it. I'm also going to be in advance forgiving people for what they're going to do. So that's taking on a proactive stance in the morning that I'm going to, I'm going to forgive people today. I'm going to do it not because they deserve it, but as an act of worship to God who didn't, who didn't have to forgive me, but he did. Hmm. I don't forgive people because they deserve it. I I forgive them because I, I don't. Hmm. So, that's, that is a very proactive way of living, and it's in keeping with reality. Once again, it's like it's, Jesus is so genius, we can't accept how freeing some of the stuff he says really actually is, but that's, that's what it'll do. Um, so I would say that practicing that um, attitude is the, is the proactive way to approach this. Hmm. Another term that you used in the, in the book or, or referred to, you said, I, I have to die to myself. Well, dying to myself, that's a, that's a thing we hear about all the time in Scripture. But how to actually understanding what that means, I think that this is a brilliant way of understanding what that actually means. Yeah, I think so, too. I tell people it, it is excruciating to forgive. It's very difficult. But the root word of excruciating is cross. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. this is exactly the way of living in I quoted N.T. Wright, this theologian, that he was describing how Jesus envisioned the church. And he, he, he said that they would be small communities of people practicing his way of forgiveness together. So going through life with this attitude of forgiveness, like vessels of forgiveness in the world, like we're different. And it's not a side issue. It's not like we have all these other things in life, like, uh, you know, I need to give to the poor and I need to do this. And I, need to, I also should forgive people. And I don't know, like, if you don't get this, you don't get any of it. Mm. This is the whole point. Like if we don't forgive, we're not forgive. Like this is, this is us being Christ. Like it forces us to be humble and consider others better than ourselves to, to do this thing where I let go of my anger against them, because that's, that's letting go of something that we like. Bottom line, we derive some pleasure from our anger because it gives us some sense of righteousness. It gives us a sense of justice. Like I can't let this go. It, but it, giving it up is an act of trust. Like actually trusting that God has the justice end of mm-hmm. things and he's entitled to it. He's entitled to vengeance, not us. He's entitled to his holy anger, not us. We're, we're not him. So he's, very pleased when we're willing to let that go. I do think it's, I do think it's denying yourself every day. I think this is what it is. Exactly. Okay. Final question. This is a podcast about Bible studies and yours is, I'm going to go on a limb here and say the most unique 
video Bible study we have on Study Gateway. Um, so, I mean, we have nobody else doing a stand-up comic delivery of their, of their uh, curriculum. So can you share with us how you came to some of the production decisions that you made for the filming of this study? Well, they gave me options, and I've seen other studies where somebody's walking on the beach, they're walking and talking with a camera, and I was like, I have just never been good at that. And also, I have, one reason I'm in radio, I have a neurological problem, and my eyes move back and forth, and my head moves back and forth uh, in order to compensate for that. I've had this my entire life, so I'm not super comfortable on camera, and I can't read notes. You'll notice I'm not, I'm not using notes. Mm. Um, because if I read, my head moves back. It's very distracting to people. It's, it's no big deal, really, in life. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But they suggested, well, what if you were, were in front of people just teaching like you normally would? And I'm like, yeah. And I have done some stand-up comedy. So this isn't stand-up comedy, but it is in that setting, which makes me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, in front of a live audience where I can see their reactions. I'm very dialed in to actual people. It's tough for me to just talk to a camera. So that, that's what happened. I thought it was a great, it wasn't my idea, but I thought it was a great idea and it turned out really It's good. a great idea. And then, mm-hmm. and then your openings are, are so engaging. Um, how did you come up with some of those? Well, uh, I can't remember. There was production guys. Um, I think they researched me a little bit and they knew I had a kind of an odd sense of humor. And so they just kind of wanted to put me in that context where I could just be a goofball, I think. So, so they just very, it's very, shoved you in the door of, a, of, a, of an antique shop and, and set you loose and said, just go, go exactly, your stuff? That is precisely what we did. That is oh my just God. like, let's follow, we'll follow you around. You do stuff. And um, I had a blast with them. We laughed so hard. And, uh, but it's, it's, I have a dry, understated sense of humor. So some people will get it. Some people won't. That's okay. Well, it was absolutely uh, the most fun I've had watching a, a video Bible study. In fact, we, my, my own small group had done um, Unoffendable a, a, a couple of years ago, and um, but th- that was before the videos existed. And then the videos came out, and I said, oh, you guys, we have to do it again. These are so good. Fantastic. That's great. Yeah. That was a ball. I, I, like, being able to... Uh, to do it live too, just help me. You realize how precious people are. I know that sounds like a, I know that sounds like a cliche, but it helps. It really helps me to be able to communicate versus to a to a camera. It just yeah. feels better. That's great. Okay, you have a podcast called The Oddcast. Why don't you tell our first listens listeners about it and how they can find it? Sure. It's uh, it's a combo. It's with my producer, Sherry. So it's called Brant and Sherry Oddcast. And it's at all the usual podcast places. It's a combo of humor, intentional and unintentional, and also thoughts about Jesus himself and following him and what that looks like. So it's very quick moving. Um, it's it's very like it's we had more than 15 million downloads. Like it's it's crazy. Wow. To think about it, like in, when you hear it, it's very unique sounding, but it's it's a combination of humor and um, and hopefully some depth, and that's that's probably pretty rare, I'm guessing, but I don't know. That's great. Well, it it is a lot of fun to listen to. So, uh, Brent, thank you so much for being with me today. My pleasure.
Thanks for talking to me. You're welcome. And now I am so pleased to present session one of Unoffendable called The Myth of Righteous Anger. My name is Brant. Uh, I'm really honored to be able to talk to you. There's two things you need to know about me before we get started. Uh, number one, uh, I have a neurological condition, and this is a strange thing to start off with. <laughs> I realize that, but I have a neurological condition where my eyes move, and so sometimes my head has to move so I can see stuff, and I've had this my whole life. And the funny thing about that is I grew up in this small town where everybody was into hunting and football, and I couldn't play football because of this. That's not good for football. This is terrible for hunting. You just don't want this. So... I didn't do that, so I played the flute and the marching band. I'm, I'm just kind of a different guy. I'm also, I have to tell you this, I'm on the autism spectrum, too. I was diagnosed years ago, which makes me kind of different in how I come across. My wife likes it. She likes that I'm really honest. I can be I'm too blunt sometimes, but I've, I've tried to get better at that. Um, but also, she has helped me to relax, to stand the right way, because she says I stand like Data from Star Trek, like this, my natural... And I'm like, yeah, but that's cool, right? Like, oh. So she actually said what you're supposed to do. And I learned how to put people at ease. She's like, this does not put people at ease. It looks like you're trying to, you're going to leave. And um, so what I was supposed to do, she said, is to bend one knee like this and put my hand in my pocket like that. And then you kind of slump over. Then you guys like this. So this is just to put people at ease. So I hope this helps you as well. And um, I'm so honored that people would consider the idea in this book which is counterintuitive, and it seems a little crazy. And at first, I didn't even believe it. I actually made a graphic. It looks like a team of highly skilled uh, graphic artists made this, but actually I did it. It's a new idea processor. I put it up here. It's kind of, I charted with a flow chart how we normally process ideas. And you can see that there. I made it with a, it's not, I didn't use like an advanced CGI thing. It's actually a Windows Paint which is an excellent option. 16 different colors available, and I, I used a few. So, yeah, usually I want to be affirmed, and if I'm, not, if I'm not, I'm upset about it. And this doesn't affirm everybody, because we all have been taught something, at least I was taught, that anger is sometimes awesome, and sometimes it's terrible. Like, there's non-righteous anger, and there's righteous anger, right? I mean, that's, that's what I grew up learning. Someone said that was actually in a business meeting actually said, you know what? You can choose to be unoffendable. And it was a, a boss at this business meeting. I was, I was like, can I? No, I shouldn't because sometimes I'm supposed to be offended because there's, there's righteous anger. I'm supposed to hold it. Like, I, I know we can get angry, but sometimes we're supposed to stay angry because we're supposed to stand up for what's right. And we need to be angry. And I know that righteous anger is a good thing. Here's what's really interesting. There's a verse that a lot of people have memorized in order to justify their anger. And it's the same one, and I hear it all the time. But doesn't the Bible say, when you're angry, do not sin? So it's not sin, therefore we should be angry. Like, it isn't sin. Anger happens. But we're not told to hang on to it. We're not told that our anger is righteous. Just that verse. Let's look at this verse here. So this is the one that people refer to. It's Ephesians 4.26. When you are angry, do not sin. It does say that. But that's not even the whole verse. We have successfully memorized one half of a verse. <laughs> Here's what the rest of the verse says if you keep going with it. But no one wants to remember this part. When you're angry, do not sin, comma, and be sure to stop being angry by the end of the day. You're supposed to get rid of it. 
there is no, and this was what was shocking to me when I was looking in the, in the Bible, like, how long are we supposed to stay righteously angry? Like three weeks, a month, forever? When, how, when does that, that retire? When someone apologizes? Like, when, does, when do I get to let this go? We're supposed to let it go now, like as quickly as possible. There is no righteous anger in the Bible for humans. It doesn't exist. I thought it had to be in there somewhere. It doesn't. The Bible is very consistent about this. But what we do, unfortunately, is try to justify our anger and conflate it with God's anger. Because God's anger is righteous. There is righteous anger in the Bible. It's just God's. So when people are saying, oh, yeah, but didn't Jesus go in the temple? Didn't he get angry? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. My friend Sherry has a saying, though. She says, honey, you're not, you're not Jesus in that story. You're the money changers. It's true. I even illustrated it beautifully back here. I think I... <laughs> it's true. He's sinless. We're not. Like, that changes everything. He's entitled to vengeance, too, because he's God. He can be trusted with it. We can't. There's never a point in the Bible where it says it's good for humans to hang on to anger, ever. What we're supposed to do is something very different, very radical, very countercultural. We're supposed to forgive people. That's it. And you can't say, I'm forgiving you, but I'm staying angry. It doesn't make any sense. This is the very essence of forgiveness, is actually saying, I'm giving up my right to anger. You can do this whether people have apologized or not. In fact, you have to or it'll kill you. We'll talk more about that in a, in a later session, about just the physiological effects of believing in righteous anger, that we should stay angry. It's a mistake. This is actually, I think, too, when we actually practice this, like I have to forgive everybody every day. I encounter with, I know people are going to let me down. I know people are going to be what they are. But I have to decide at the beginning of the day, I'm going to practice a lifestyle of forgiveness. This is what I'm going to do. It changes everything. And you know what it does? It forces you every day to realize how good God has been to you and to me to actually let this stuff go. Fascinating thing that we do with this, though. We justify our anger however we can. Look at this verse again. When you're angry, do not sin. And be sure to stop being angry by the end of the day. So get rid of it before the end of the day. This is the message version of it. I actually like the message, generally speaking, um, version, but Eugene Peterson does this with this verse. He translates it, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. I, that, these things don't match. <laughs> like, this, is, this is how we normally think of it. Like, you can say, no, be angry, just don't X or Y. Like, but it, that's not what the Bible actually says. It tells us to get rid of our anger over and over and over by the end of the day. And anger is always in a list. Have you noticed? It's always in the list of bad stuff. It's like bitterness, anger, that sort of stuff. It's never like in the fruit of the spirit. You think people, honestly, people have elevated almost to that level. They think it's love, joy, peace, anger, goodness, faith. Like whatever. No, it's not. So um, here's another thing too, because some people will be like, are you telling me this, this can't be right? Are you telling me my anger can't be in the service of producing like God's righteousness in the world? Like, I'm not telling you that. But James 1.20 is telling you that, point blank, point blank. And we still are like, no, the world needs me to be angry. No, the world needs you to take action, not get angry. Your anger doesn't do anybody any good. In fact, it clouds your judgment. What we actually need are people who actually do things, motivated not by anger, but by love. 
You can defend the vulnerable. You can defend the innocent out of love. We'll talk more about how to handle injustice and where anger fits into that and forgiveness in another context a little bit later on. Were you curious a moment ago about what James 1.20 says that Brant referred to? He had it displayed on a poster board. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. This is one session that you will definitely want to go back and watch on Study Gateway. We've unlocked session one so you can watch the opening segment, which I didn't play for you here, where Brant walks into an antique store and picks up weird items and riffs off them. And you can see him on stage holding a mic like he's a stand-up comic, which he pretty much is, and see his hand-drawn illustrations and other visuals that he refers to as he teaches. Unoffendable is published by Harper Christian Resources, and it streams on Study Gateway. Study Gateway is a streaming video service, and we're the only one that has a subscription plan, especially for small groups. For our First Listens listeners, we offer you an exclusive rate on any of our subscription plans. When you use the promo code PODCAST15 at studygateway.com, you'll get any size of plan for yourself, your small group, or your whole church at a 15% savings for life. And for a complete experience with Unoffendable, take advantage of our publisher direct pricing on the Essential Bible Study Guide designed to be used with the videos. This study guide gives you the discussion questions for your group and five days of personal exercises that are quite engaging and helpful in examining your life and learning to become unoffendable. Get all the details at studygateway.com. Let's get back to Brad Hansen. Here's, here's another mistake that we can make, too. We can say, oh, okay, so I'm, I'm supposed to forgive everybody. So does that mean I should stay? Are you saying I should stay in an abusive relationship or I should st- I have to be friends with everybody no matter what they do to me? Like, no, I'm not. No. Actually, you know what? Forgiveness allows you to leave that relationship. Because if you don't forgive somebody, you're staying in relationship with them in your head for the rest of your life. This is a way to end it. <laughs> it's not to say we have to be reconciled as friends or we have to stay in the same home, or I have to put up with this. Forgiveness is an act between you and God. It is not even because a person deserves it. You don't forgive people because they deserve it. You forgive people because you didn't deserve it. Neither did I. That's the basis for our forgiveness. It's what God's done for us. And when I realized that, that's, that's what's helped me. Like, think about all the things God has forgiven me for, and I get upset at people on the road? Like, (laughs) it's so funny how sensitive I am about everybody else's sin. And usually that's what we're supposed to be angry about, it's other people's sin. Like, what about your own? But I believe in this Calvary thing, and anybody who's a, a follower of Jesus does too, where you can, you realize God took out his wrath on himself. And that is a wonderfully freeing thing. It allows me to forgive other people. They have articles about how to handle anger. And it's fascinating because they don't mention, out of all the suggestions about here's what you should do, it's like center yourself, meditate, or like go scream somewhere. There's actually 
it's called a mom scream. Have you seen this? It's a, it's a phenomenon right now in America where moms will get together and just go yell and scream in a park out of anger together because they don't know what else to do with it. Forgiveness is so much better. It's really the only, it's hard work though. Forgiveness is really hard. It's very difficult. It's easier to rent a rage room. You've seen this rage room? You pay like 10 bucks, get to go in for 15 minutes and you actually hit, you actually get a baseball bat and walk in and start smashing stuff. It's supposed to help. <laughs> it is fun. I smashed this stuff, so I will say it was fun, but I don't think it's, I don't think ultimately that's how you want to live your life. I have to go smash some things now. <laughs> By the way, I love what Dallas Willard said about forgiveness. He actually said, yes, forgiveness is really, really hard, and it is. It's so hard. That's why we don't want to do it, because they're wrong. I've been wronged. I mean, they're wrong. It's not saying, oh, everything's fine, everything's right, whatever. No, 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 it's the exact opposite of that. It's acknowledging there has been a wrong. Now I have to do the work as a follower of Jesus, as an instrument of forgiveness in the world. This is discipleship, by the way. I think this is the core part of discipleship. Other stuff is details, honestly. This is it. And Jesus even said as much, like, do you want to be forgiven? Forgive others. You have to love your enemies. You can't harbor self-righteous anger when you're a sinner yourself. He even told a story. It's called the story of the unmerciful servant. There's a guy who owes the king a lot of money and the king forgives him, and that, that other guy turns around to somebody who owes him just a little bit and will not forgive, and the king is very upset about it. That's the parable. Like, some people think, see, that shows you should get angry because, no, 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 you're not the king. You're the unmerciful servant. You've, you've been forgiven all this stuff. Me too. So for me to turn around and not forgive, like, that doesn't work. This is not how the, the, the kingdom of God works. But Dallas Willard said, as difficult as forgiveness is, Try unforgiveness. It's worse. You want to talk about a life of unforgiveness and how difficult that is? Jesus is actually giving us a better, easier life by saying we should forgive people. Yes, it's hard, but it's way better than living your entire life thinking you're supposed to be angry at everybody for what they've done. It's a way better way to live. One thing that strikes me about how awesome Jesus is. You know this. For some reason, I didn't learn it till I was an adult, but the numbers in the Bible, like the verses and chapters, those numbers aren't original to the text. We added all that, like, fairly recently. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I thought when Jesus was talking, he said something like, you know, whoever believes in him will have eternal life. 17. For he did not come into the world. Like, that's not how it goes. The thing about this is some of those chapters and those numbers are placed in the worst places. Like, uh, there's a horrible, I call it the worst chapter break in the Bible. I hope it's okay to say that. There are a couple stories. For example, there's two stories in the Bible. One, uh, you've heard Jesus said, do not be troubled. You know, don't let your heart be troubled. We're very familiar with that. That's a saying of Jesus. There's another story where he's with Peter and the disciples. It's the Last Supper. And he actually says to them, where I'm going, you can't go. Peter's like, yes, I am. I totally am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You're going to betray me three times before the, before the night's over. End of the story. But there's a big 14 there. Those are the same story. 
a friend of mine pointed that out. I was like, oh my goodness, God is so good to us. Because what happens is he's talking to Peter and he says, you're going to betray me. Like, his, that's his best friend. You're going to betray me tonight. But don't let your heart be troubled. Where I'm going, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And my father's house are many rooms. Like, he's, do you realize what he's doing? As bad as I am, we've all, we can all betray God in our, in our ways. But for him to say that, tonight, you haven't even done it yet. You're going to, but don't let your heart be troubled. Like, do you realize how good God is to us? And can I extend this to other people? This is the basis for forgiveness. Look at what God has done for me. Can I extend this to other people? And if I don't, maybe I didn't understand Jesus in the first place. This changes everything. This will make your life better. That's something I would love for you, even as you're watching this, like this is the first session. We'll talk more about why this is such a great way to live your life and how to actually do this and some of the questions that people ask. This is so great. This is following Jesus, and we can do it right now. You don't need to know anymore. (laughs) Right now, you can actually forgive people. So this is the challenge I want to leave you with before we do our next session, but that's something that you can start right now is actually saying at the beginning of the day, I'm going to forgive people. Stuff's going to happen. This is what it means to actually follow Jesus, and I'm going to do it. So that's something you can talk about with friends, break it down, see what they think about it, and we will see you next time. You have just enjoyed a first listen to the first session of Unoffendable, a video Bible study by Brand Hansen, published by Harper Christian Resources and streaming on Study Gateway. If you go to studygateway.com, you'll find this first session of Unoffendable is unlocked and accessible to you to watch in its entirety, including the outtakes at the end that you just got to see for free. Here at Study Gateway, you can find your favorite authors, pastors, and Bible teachers all in one place. We're the only streaming video subscription service that offers plans for individuals, for small groups, and has user-based pricing for churches, no matter what the size. And don't forget, you can use the promo code PODCAST15 to get a 15% savings on the plan of your choice, and that discounted rate lasts as long as you keep your subscription. With Study Gateway, you also get a direct link to our store, where you get publisher direct pricing on the Essential Bible Study Guide for Unoffendable. This study guide with its exercises and projects and discussion questions helps you get the most out of this study. Is Unoffendable going to be your next study? Get started right now by going to studygateway.com, click Start Free Trial, and use the promo code PODCAST15 at checkout. Make sure you rate and review this podcast so other people can find this show too. And come back next week for another exciting episode in our season of Summer Self-Care. See you next time on Study Gateway's First Listens.